I sat down briefly to prep my thoughts and comments, get centered for this introduction, and, and then he sang Hope of the Nations. I can't sit through that. Thank you for your work. Thank you, all of you on the worship teams. Thank you for your work. It is a tremendous privilege for us. A year ago, Brian um, went with Glenn and I to the ABHE conference, and he was sort of the talent, the worship-leading talent for all of ABHE. This is sort of 200 schools that we're associated with that come together once a year in Florida. He was there, the, the, the worship leader for that conference. It was an amazing time. And um, I think it might have been sort of in his second or third set, he sort of apologized, saying, you know, I, I, I guess all the, the, the songs that we've been doing have been ones that I wrote. Um, I'm going to sing someone else's song right now. In the whole room, you could hear the gasp. We'd been singing half a dozen, a dozen songs that they all knew really well, sung regularly in their churches, and they didn't recognize the artist who had written them and was performing them on stage. And then Brian shattered all of their images of him when he sang a Bob Dylan song. So there you go. <laughs> Gotta love that kind of scandal. Keep it up. Keep it up, buddy. Love you. Appreciate all of you who are working so hard as faculty. We are so fortunate, are we not? Whether it's Brian here in uh, Worship Arts or Phil Calloway working here among us all week, we've been hearing him on the Case for Joy, or aviators who are with us, MAF professionals, many, many of them who are giving their lives here, helping us be better. And on it goes, digital me. I can just go on and brag about each of the areas. I'm so delighted with what God has done in bringing you here to be with us. So thank you. Those of you who are visiting, we welcome you again today. Some of you were here earlier this week. I have now seen Lorne Rebuka, one of our distinguished alumni. We will be recognizing Lorne again later, but I see you here. Is George Durant here? Haven't seen him. He's going to probably arrive just in time to give his message this evening. I want to do a quick walk through the weekend coming up. Graham Watt, we're going to hear from this morning, our third distinguished alumni, um, a young alum. A couple of years ago, we uh, thought, we've got so many alumni who are doing excellent things around the world, we wanted to expand it. And so we um, went from one distinguished alumni each year to three. We decided we would have one for uh, sort of full-time ministry, people who have spent their life in ministry for, for their entire lives and have, have made, made remarkable um, achievement for God. We continue with that type of one that we had sort of in the past. Then we added one that was for professionals, whether they're medical doctors or politicians or aviators, professional people who have come through our halls and have gone on to do amazing things. And we wanted to recognize some of those. And then we added a third, and that was young alum. As you know, we are a young community, and we uh, want to celebrate what God is doing through young lives. This morning, we're recognizing Graham Watt for early career exercise, excellence, exercise, work it up. Um, so Graham has been with, um, I need to stay on the, on the schedule first, I'm sorry. Max, uh, let me, I'll come back to, to the brief. But here we are, this weekend, this morning we're going to hear from Graham Watt. This evening, 
uh, George Durantz will be speaking again here in Parable Place, 7 o'clock, when we will be recognizing each of the distinguished alumni uh, with a, a small plaque. And then um, tomorrow morning, so that come back, if you will, for 7 o'clock this evening, and then tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, Pikendi, 9? Here? Parable. Uh, 9 o'clock in Parable Place, we'll be um, hearing from Lauren Rabuka, as well as a, a, another, I hope, long concert from Brian and short comments from me in the middle. It's a bit of a brief uh, business update for those of you, but it won't be um, overbearing and heavy and long. But uh, that's tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, Parable Place. And then tomorrow evening, we're doing Memory Lane, um, and that is kind of sold out, so um, sorry. Uh, but we're going to have a lot of fun in the dining room, and um, we do need, I think, possibly a little bit of help. We've been um, offering the opportunity to faculty and staff to staff our different activities Saturday afternoon. We're going to have a fun day with the community coming in. I think we might need four more volunteers um, to help staff a bouncy castle. Now, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, if you, as students, would like to give us a hand, contact Pamela. Pamela, are you here? Fraser? She's probably working. Um, we caught her out. Uh, contact either Candy or Pamela if you would like to help us with a couple of places. I think we only need four more volunteers to give us full staff on, on tomorrow afternoon. So, And then Sunday morning, Bethel Church has opened their doors. Let's overload their church with people. Um, I hear the speaker is going to be kind of mediocre, but we'll try and live through that. And we're going uh, to be looking at a call to prayer on Sunday morning at Bethel. And um, yes, I will be trying to do that justice. Graham and Jennifer Watt come to us from Guelph. It was during his student days at the University of Alberta that Graham first heard a, call, a clear presentation of the gospel. It changed his life and birthed a passion to engage university students with the life-transforming message of Jesus. Graduating from Prairie College in 1998, he joined the staff of Power to Change, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ, and has invested his life in helping students discover the living Christ, including 15 years pioneering ministries in southern Ontario. I think that's now 19 and several years in Asia. He is now part of the national leadership team of Power to Change, serving as National Creative Communications Director. Graham ministers to college students all over Canada and in many other countries around the world and has led numerous mission trips. Using the latest technology to impact today's students, Graham has helped develop innovative ways to spread the message of Jesus, creating a tool for Christians to share their own personal stories online. He also oversees the websites and social media of Power to Change, develops small group resources, and works to create marketing for the organization. Graham is a leader in running conferences in Canada to help students become equipped for a lifetime of ministry. He earned his master's degree in theological studies from Heritage Theological Seminary and is working, no, no, as of this week, has completed a doctorate in leadership from Tyndale University College and Seminary in Toronto. His research project has been investigating what helps and hinders Christian students in sharing the gospel with others. Graham is married to Jennifer. They live with their three children in Guelph. Come on up, Graham. I'd like to pray for you as you come. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the blessing that you have given to us in Graham and Jennifer. We thank you for the opportunity to hear from you through him this morning. We pray that you would continue to bless their work for you. We pray that you'd make them a blessing. We pray that you give them a special anointing of your Holy Spirit right now that we would hear from you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you so much. Well, it is a privilege to, um, to be here. I came to Prairie as a 
I had just become a Christian, actually, just before I came. And I kind of stumbled into Prairie with a friend and ended up staying. And it really transformed my life. I ended up playing basketball, and I ended up uh, really learning about the Bible. And that was transformational in my life. Um, the friends that I made and the life was very simple. It was, you know, I played sports, I read and studied, and I had friends that I just kind of grew to, uh, grew closer to, to God through. Now, 19 years later, I have some advice. And one of the things I do now is actually create films and documentaries. And one of the, one of the series that we've made in the last couple of years is called Dear First Year Me. I thought we'd play a little video, one of them, just give you a taste of it. And then I'll give some advice of what I would tell myself back when I was that first year student at Prairie way back when. And uh, so we would just roll that video, just give you a taste of uh, some people we've interviewed. So I have a little advice for my first year self, and uh, ten, 10 of them actually. So dear first year Graham, the first one is you see the gospel primarily through the lens of guilt, that God is... Uh, the judge, and you're guilty, but Jesus paid the penalty for your, your guilt and brought you freedom. So you need to grow in understanding the good news for your shame, that you're spiritually spirit shamed by others and you feel deep unworthiness in different parts of your life. Grow in that awareness of the adoption that God brings. Grow in understanding of your own fears and that God can meet your fears and help you to not fear. Dear First Year Me, I'd say uh, the biggest thing you're going to spend your life doing is learning about contextualization of the gospel. That that's the biggest issue in Canadian ministry to young people. How to contextualize the good news to people in an increasingly secular environment. Think of passages like Acts 14 where Paul and Barnabas did ministry and then... Uh, they even healed a person, and they thought they were doing great. And the people that they ministered to crowned them Zeus and Hermes. And they had to tell them, wait a second, uh, we're not uh, Greek gods here. And you're going to see a lot of instances in ministry where it's kind of like that. You do something that you have intended for good, where someone on the receiving line of the communication thinks some other kind of message. And to learn to contextualize ministry will be what you spend your time doing to learn how to communicate and make sense of Christianity to young people. Dear First Year Me, get over yourself. Just, just get over yourself. Ministry will be really easy to find your identity in what people tell you. Some people, it'll be like mirrors mirroring back to you. Different things. Some people like this. Some people don't like this. Some people think that's too bad or too, too much of this or too much of that. And it's easy to be finding your identity in what other people tell you. Just get over yourself and find your identity in Christ. Dear First Year Me, uh, connect your heart and your head. You will be prone to think first and feel later and to know something without feeling it. You know, you can even, years later, you can watch news and uh, see great destruction in different places and then just change the channel, or just kind of move on and not let things hit your heart. Learn to let things hit your heart and feel things. Dear First Year Me, learn the Word. Take the time to learn the Word. 
you have a great opportunity at Prairie to learn the Bible and the framework of Scripture and how God's worked in history. Take that time. Later in life, it's not going to be so easy to have so much time to just read and think and reflect. Your wife's going to have health challenges for most of your marriage. You're going to walk through some heavy lifting at home in different ways. Take the time at Prairie to drink deeply from the Word and be nourished. Dear First Year Me, learn to see people, to notice them, to try to get to know their story and not just look past them, to really try to understand people and hear their heart. You're going to spend a lot of time you know, interviewing and filming and trying to communicate and learn to see people for who they are, that they're seen by God. Seventh, dear first year me, expand your emotional vocabulary. You're going to re realize one day that your emotional va vocabulary is it's pretty small. And you're going to seek to experience and explain to yourself more complex emotions. And sometimes uh, amongst Christians, this is kind of weird because sometimes the self-awareness of feelings and emotional vocabulary is kind of weird. People would rather hit you with thoughts or inductive reasoning or something. But as you expand your emotional vocabulary, it's going to help you understand yourself. It's going to help you understand how God's working in your life, and it's going to help you explain yourself to others. Which leads me to Dear First Year Me, point eight. Broaden your categories of how God works in the world. It is really easy to see God's work in the world through all the positives and just sort of celebrate the highs. But God's at work in the lows, and your wife's going to struggle with depression for much of your married life. And you're going to come to understand that. You're going to work with all kinds of melancholics in creative endeavors. And you're going to learn to see that out of... Out of, those, out of the dark places comes creative insight. Out of darkness comes interesting light if you allow yourself to go there. Dear First Year Me, probe deeper. What is your changing the world theory? You might not have even thought about this, but it's really good to, before you launch your whole life into something. What do you actually think changes the world and why? You're going to be fixated on making a meaningful difference to helping human flourishing for the glory of God. You're going to desire to influence people, and you want to see people's lives transformed. It's good to probe into that a bit. Is it a triumphalistic change in the world? Is it a kind that might help when helping hurts kind of help? Is it, what is it? What is it that you think actually changes the world? Probe into that. And think about the cautious sides of those of that view. Which leads me to the last little lap. Dear First Year Me, expand the ways you seek to grow. First off, get some counseling. If they offer it at Prairie, go get it. You're going to need it eventually. Ministry is painful. You take a lot of shots, and there's a lot of weird things that happen. And strange behaviors that you observe, both in yourself and others. Start now to understand baggage in your life. 
Help to awaken parts of you that are numb. Find people. Secondly, like a spiritual director or some other term they might have for it at Prairie or in other contexts, that just care about you connecting to God. Not with a big agenda, but they just want you to connect to God. Find some mentors. Identify those areas of your life you want to grow. Find people you think could help you and ask them a question. Buy them a coffee and ask them a question. The more you do that, you'll realize later, the more you'll learn and the more you'll grow. Find a good pastor. Ask some different questions about walking with God. Seek out thought leaders that stir your heart and your mind. And finally, learn to be silent before God. Learn to just be quiet. Just pause. You're a busybody. And so being silent and quiet is, uh, is good for you. And learn to be quiet and still and restful before God. Take time to discipline yourself to that. And it'll change your life. You will leave Prairie and move to a lot of different places. Prairie will come to signify a simple time. You'll remember just tiny parts of it, but just remember that that part of you that you take with you from Prairie will be the part that drew closer to God. Embrace this time. Let me pray. Lord, I pray for all the students and young people here that... uh, something in what I just shared about my experience would resonate with them, that they take with them. I thank you for what you've done in my life and continue to do. Lead me now. Amen.